This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Here's Eddie Orr. Brand new week, pregnant with possibilities. This is the week that you're elevated to regional vice presidents or something. Oh, oh, oh. oh, it's a beautiful dream. Or it's the week you're marched to your car at the cardboard box. You don't know. That's a beautiful dream, too, some days. You know what it is? Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Bernie Sanders! Or more broadly, perhaps, the power behind the throne, the primary system. Will it last? Will it endure? Will it be changed? Uh, absolutely it will be. Or will it? For a number of reasons. I've got several fantastic political stories today that I think aren't being discussed enough. Excellent. Uh, big picture stuff. What does this mean as opposed to... This helps my side and hurts the other side stuff, which I could live the rest of my life without hearing anymore. But I know a lot of people are really into it, really enjoy it, really get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, It's a new religion, Jack. That's what many sociologists believe. One of the many things that has changed is, speaking of, will the primary system last? And I didn't even pick up on this until I heard somebody talking about it yesterday. Might even been Lon Hee Chen, our guy on Face the Nation yesterday is that um, prior to just a few years ago, you only really could raise any significant money with big donors. And as soon as the big donors realized you weren't going to win, you were out. Mm-hmm. That is completely 100% over in that, like an Elizabeth Warren, raised $9 million off her debate performance. She's done. She has no chance. She's finished third, fourth, and fourth. And one of the states was her next-door state. So she's completely done. But... She raises so much money online, she can stay in for way longer than any candidate would have years ago. Year, just just two cycles ago, she would have gotten out by now. Right. And, Interesting. And so would a whole bunch of other people. And now they're the, both both parties are going to have to come up with a system that weeds people out in a different way. Because it used to be self-weeding. And now they stick around and it allows a Trump or a Bernie to win because you only have to get. Whatever you got to get to win a particular state, oh. you only got to get twenty five percent because it's split among all the other candidates. The more you got in, the lower a plurality you need. Yeah, back in the okay. day, you got down to just a couple people really fast because yeah. the money dried up. You didn't win Iowa, New Hampshire. I'm a billionaire lives in somewhere. I'm not sending you any more checks, Chris Dodd or any of those kind of names. Idiot. And you're just done. Right. But now you say something snarky. That uh, scratches somebody where they itch on a debate stage or at a rally, and people send you money by the millions, and you could just keep running for president for months. So you end up in a situation where a 28 percenter is your king. Right. Which is kind of how Donald Trump did it and uh, how Bernie might do it. Wow. But that's interesting. People can hang around really long. So if you want to just, if you like, enjoy running for president, all you got to do is serve some Twitter crowd out there that wants to send you five bucks each on the, on the Internet. Will do. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I just need somebody to help me with that. See y'all in 2024, because that sounds exciting. Yeah. I will be staying in nothing but luxury hotels like Al Sharpton. <laughs> I will be slurping up, uh, you know, $150 steak dinners. 
Well, it's just a, fair warning. If you weren't, if you, you weren't slurp your steak, it's <laughs> a metaphor. It's a metaphor. You, if, if you weren't dead set on winning, yeah, you could just stay in super nice hotels, eat great food, helicopter everywhere. If you want to be on my gravy train, you'll stop uh, uh, questioning me in public, young Sean. <laughs> helicopter everywhere you go. It's right over there. We could right. just start, no. I'm taking a helicopter. Yep. <laughs> I want to land it. I've always wanted to ride in a helicopter. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be one of the few candidates in American history who has a wine van following me around. It's going to be a mobile wine cellar. Fantastic. Yes. So here's your unrelated to anything graph in USA Today today that I just looked at that I found in, in, interesting. The truth is out there. Uh, is there intelligent life and civilization on other planets? They ask people. What is your answer? Yes, I suspect so. I think you got to be an idiot to say anything otherwise. Well, other that, that. that is not any way to approach a discussion. <laughs> there are as That's many. A, I'm not coming to your. I tell you what, you can't be on my staff either because you're too belligerent. There are as many galaxies as there are grains of sand on Earth. That's just what the scientists say. <laughs> they it's lie. impossible <laughs> that there's not life somewhere. Anyway. Uh, 57% of people say yes. The rest of them are idiots. UFOs <laughs> exist and have visited Earth. Now, that one gets Uh-oh. a little more dicey. I'm a, I'm a no on that. I'm saying no. Yeah. 45% of people say yes. The theory that I've found most compelling is that they are uh, so advanced, intelligent, aware, that they approach the study of us like a good scientist approaches the study, say, of a giraffe population. You don't get right in the middle of them and let them know you're there and alter their behavior. Yeah, they could They've be, observed us from afar like scientists. They could be walking around in this room right now. We don't know what form they take. That's a good point. They could be reporting back. Floating through the ether. Very low intelligence life form. No threat to us in, in the rest room? of the universe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But they could be so. They, you'd have, well, you'd have to be so advanced to be whipping around the universe. Oh yeah, um, they'd be so far ahead of us. They just they wouldn't see us as a threat. Well, uh, they're, they're barely right. they're barely above uh, the humble mouse. Oh yeah, yeah, I would agree. And mm-hmm. and they certainly could have developed uh, cloaking devices a century beyond ours because we have some pretty effective uh, cloaking devices. Not quite Harry Potter level, but getting there. So, yeah, it's it's not impossible. So a little less than half of people think UFOs exist and have visited Earth. And now 26% of people, where you get into real dullards, in my opinion, believe that if they exist, alien and human societies would be very similar. I, th- that just makes no sense to me. No. That makes that's zero sense. sense. That's dumb people. <laughs> that's the <laughs> aforementioned idiots. <laughs> You've come over to my side. Yeah, so. yeah, more or less. But luckily, but three quarters what? of people don't believe that. Yeah. So you think it'd be more or less like humans in our society and speak our? It'd be like Star Trek. You speak a language you understand. They look kind of like people. They're just a little green, or <laughs> their ears are longer, <laughs> roughly the same size. Yeah, yeah. male and female wear similar clothes. <laughs> I find that hilarious. That's the beautiful uh, thing about the the Star Wars universe is you got all sorts of different uh, wackadoo looking creatures. Although they all seem to enjoy drinking and, and gathering in a drinking establishment with a band. Mandal- That's universal. Right. Yeah. Mandalorian's my first dip into the Star Wars world. How do they get around? That spaceship travels fast enough to go from planet to planet? Yeah, warp but, speed, Jack. I think it must speed. really go fast. Yeah, yeah, mostly warp speed. Also, it's a, it's a galaxy far, far away, so the actual distance between these planets may not be the same as ours. Uh-huh. But, uh, but, yeah, the, the short answer is the, even the, the simplest uh, spacecrafts would have some sort of hyperspeed or, yeah, or warp speed. Because they, yeah. they, they travel to different planets like, you know, I pass different towns on the way home. It's, it's interesting. 
Um, there is, uh, we're going to kick off the show right now. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Pretty good. I think the Democratic parties can do whatever they have to do to get Bernie Sanders out. I'm picturing... Oh, yeah, I can't wait to start talking about I that. I know. A broker convention, winner by foot race. They, they, <laughs> they're going to say we're doing something completely different this year. Winner I watched by... MSNBC going crazy on Saturday night. <laughs> oh, my God. Chris Matthews and uh, who's the lizard guy who got Clinton re- elected? Oh, James Carville? I almost said erected, but that'd be correct, too. Wow. Um, James Carville. <laughs> Marvel. I don't think yeah. he was involved in that particular They were episode. just going over the top. If now is not the time to stop Bernie Sanders, what is the time? Yeah. That sort of thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. It was on this day in our history in the year of 1988 that the Supreme Court defended the right to satirize public... Satirize? Satirize? Satirize, satirize yeah. public figures. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court voted 8-0 to zero to overturn the $200,000 settlement rewarded to Reverend Jerry Falwell after being parodied in the uh, adult magazine Hustler. I won't go into the specifics of the actual yeah, parody, but uh, yeah, it, it was... Uh, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that even though it was in very poor taste, I put the very in there. They just said poor taste. I'm sure but most anything associated with the magazine Hustler is in very poor taste. Hustler's parody fell within... The lighting is too brash. <laughs> fell within Oof. the First Amendment's protection of freedom of speech and the press. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, the People vs. Larry Flint starring uh, Woody Harrelson is a wonderful movie that I, I do quite enjoy. Are we the only country that allows the level of uh, parodying your leader's... I don't know the answer to that question. You certainly can in Canada, and you certainly can't in Great Britain. We are absolutely at the the top of the heap. I'm not sure if we share it with anybody else. Mm. I don't know. That's a good question. Thank you. Eight to zero. Remember when the Supreme Court used to do things like that? Eight to zero? Those were the days. Where was the ninth guy? On vacation? Must have been one of the yet-to-be-appointed sort of Recused himself because he subscribed to Hustler or what? (laughs) Once posed in? Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, February 24th, the year... uh, This is a leap year, right? Is there a 29 in this month? It could be. I believe that is correct. Yeah, it's a leap year. Uh, The year 2020, where Armstrong, you get and we approve of this program. All right, here's the show officially beginning according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. India rolled out its red carpet for the president. Citizens of the world's largest democracy lined the streets as he kicked off his two-day tour. Throngs in ball caps emblazoned with the president's name packed what's been called the world's largest cricket stadium to hear from Mr. Trump at his biggest rally yet. Wow. How many people there? 100,000. 100,000 yeah. people in Trump hats in India to watch him speak. Jai Ho indeed. Now that's got to be uh, the kind of guy Trump is. He's got to really be digging that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Huh? Uh, he and Modi, you know, glomming on to each other's uh, popularity. Little joint rally. Good stuff. He's wearing a yellow tie. Is that significant somehow to Modi or his party? Is that their color, probably? I have no idea. It was interesting to see the, the president and. Not in his inevitable red tie. How does mail bag look? Oh, it's very nice. A pretty good start for the week, honestly. Yeah. Probably a peak. If you're the Just being honest. fortunate sort of person that doesn't pay attention, Bernie won huge. I mean, I, if, I would absolutely bet money right now on Bernie Sanders and be comfortable with making the bet. Yeah, I mean, good. We live in a wild time where anything can happen, but mm-hmm. this, this is the first point in the whole process where I would bet money on anybody. Um, I can't imagine how he loses unless his heart goes. But uh, <laughs> we've got more analysis on that in the fantastic mailbag on the way. Armstrong and Getty.
So have you checked that website or remember where you were betting on Kamala Harris, what seems like three years ago? Yeah, predicted.org. What does what that happen? You'll have to check that later. Yeah, I will. Got to have Bernie just running away. I absolutely will. I've lost my hiney, as you know, I often do. Put all your money in Kamala Harris. Where'd she finish? Oh, uh, finish? Oh, she's finished. <laughs> yeah, mailbag. Makes you wonder about the process, doesn't it? Um, well, yeah, I have a lot of questions about the process, but... Let's see, how about uh, Freedom, Love, and Quote of the Day, James Madison? Is the organ louder than usual, or is it just my headphones are up? Killing me. The advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. Yeah, when was that written? Uh, last week. No, James Madison said it. I suspect it was in the 1700s. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Remember remember we did that thing the first of the year about the uh, the Internet and how it's actually turned out versus what people thought. Right. They thought the dissemination of... We, we can disseminate information better than we've ever been able to before. The dissemination of true information would be would fit in with what James Madison thought. But right. The well, dissemination of crap, which happens just as fast. I don't know what the, where that leads me. An interesting point. So you're for ignorance? Is that what you're saying? Hmm? 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 I mean, we'll be talking about that later, but I mean, if if, if, if the Russians are spreading out all kinds of fake things about Bernie and Trump, is that more information? Well, it, no. It is, Madison but, would say, well, he didn't say information. The advancement and diffusion of knowledge. Yeah. Well, people think they have knowledge when they're getting this information. Well, they can ask me. I'll I'll straighten them out. (laughs) Uh, Moving along to the correspondence proper, here's a nice note from uh, Robert. When I first heard you two, I was buying diapers for my son. Wow. He's now 40. has three kids of his own. He is now a conservative, ready to enter college. My youngest is now listening to you, too. Shout out to... Um, thank you for that, Robert. Is that supposed to make me, I suppose that's supposed to make me feel good that you've been listening so long. It should, if I were a more healthy person. And he quotes uh, one of my, hey, what are you going to do? I, there are days I think, what? Uh, there are days I think, well, I'm glad I'm alive to see all this stuff happening. Uh, then he quotes uh, the late, great Neil Peart. I will choose a path that's clear. I will choose free will. Good for you, Robert. Appreciate it. See, I've been thinking about the passage of time. It was my birthday on Friday, and it was my birthday weekend. And I, uh, unfortunately, and I don't see how this helps me. Uh, gained four pounds during my birthday weekend. I don't see how that helps me in any way. I, too, uh, became slightly more hoggish. I don't know what the point of that is. I've actually introduced new bad habits. You remember when I quit drinking for almost a month? (laughs) You're not on the pipe now, are you? (laughs) No. No, I'm on the the pie. (laughs) I'm, I'm falling prey to big cookie. I'm on the damn cookies. I blame my wife. I love her, but I blame her. I got to talk about Thin Mints later. That played a role in our household this weekend. So now I'm having a nice glass of wine or two, and I'm eating cookies at night. I never. I always said, yeah, I have purple dessert. I'm not eating any any sweets after dinner. If I'm going to have dessert, it's going to be a glass of wine. Oh, I thought you meant like fruit snacks. No, 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 no. Wine no. and cookies could, could lead you toward a rag-on-a-stick sort of lifestyle. Oh, boy. So, a nice note from Catherine here. Been listening. Uh, first discovered us, I believe, yeah, in San Francisco. Then uh, followed to uh, the more rural Northern California via podcast. Now lives in beautiful Boise, Iowa. Idaho, rather. I'm talking while I'm reading the other part. Uh, talking to coworker. Uh Mentioned I listened to Armstrong and Getty. He laughed and asked, do you mean those shock jocks? <laughs> I've never been so offended, and I don't know why. Oh, don't worry about it. Gosh. Yeah. The nature of what we do is a certain number of people are going to hate it, and that's fine. We're comfortable with that. 
Have we, you, we hate them. Have you ever watched my 600-pound life on the Learning Channel? I have not. It's very popular. I know a number. <laughs> I know a number of people around here that that's the appointment television for. Is it a training training guide for me? Is that what you're aiming at? <laughs> I just if I keep going wine and cookies. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, Chris in San Francisco, listening with amusement to your banner about folks eating their pets in China. Oh. Then a horrifying thought occurred to me, filled me with dread, and then revulsion. Where is Squawky? I haven't heard him in a while. Mm-hmm. I delicious. hope your peckishness didn't get the better of you all. Delicious, delicious eagle soup. His presence was a symbol of America. Please tell me his absence is not a symbol of China. Concerned, Chris in San Francisco. Uh, he flew into one of those fans Trump was talking about. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. a bald eagle. <laughs> oh, there he goes. <laughs> P.S. What does bald eagle taste like? Chicken or is it closer to sweet and sour pork? Mm. Tastes like freedom. Tastes like freedom. Indeed. Thank you for the note, though, Chris. That's pretty clever. <laughs> uh, Bl- uh, Bloomberg is a dino. Democrat in name only, and he was born in the Paleolithic area. <laughs> era, so that's from Turlock Holmes. <laughs> Dino, I get, I get it. That's good Whatever. stuff. More of that kind of analysis on the way. <laughs> the Armstrong and Getty Show. And the Democratic establishment needs to wake up on this. If they're going to stop Bernie Sanders, or they're going to figure out some way to make sure he isn't the nominee, that needs to start today. Not after South Carolina, not after Super Tuesday. It needs to start today. And by the way, Mike Bloomberg could easily engage in this activity. He could turn all of his advertising against Bernie Sanders tomorrow if he wanted to. And that's the only way there's a difference made in this race, I think. So that's our friend Wan Hee Chen saying... Interesting idea. With a calmer version of what I heard on MSNBC... Uh, Lonnie Chen works with Republicans, so I think he'd probably be happy to have Bernie be the nominee, but said the Democrats need to start now if they think they're going to stop Bernie. I was watching MSNBC on Saturday night, and uh, and uh, they were going crazy over this. Just, this is going to doom us. What can be done to stop it? One mm-hmm. of the candidates going to wake up and take him on, that sort of thing. I don't know. I guess we'll see tomorrow night. There's another freaking debate. But was Chris Matthews particularly hair on fire that that night? He's he's been one of the more vocals on that channel uh, before he, he, Saturday. He, he absolutely was. <laughs> and um, but I don't think I don't think it's uh, uh, what do you call it when people overreacting? I don't think it's overreacting. I think it's absolutely true. I don't see how Bernie loses at this point. You look at the way he won Nevada, man, he just killed everybody. He finished first in almost everything, and then a close second in a couple of things. He got union and non-union. He got educated and uneducated. All the races. Old, young, black, white, Hispanic. Just everybody. Mm -hmm. He's a movement. And there have only been two candidates, well, three in in my lifetime that I can think of, that could pack arenas full of people that would walk through walls for him. Obama... Wayne on the ticket, and Bernie and Trump. Bernie and Trump are the only people in the race that can pack an arena anywhere in the United States full of people that would fight you for their candidate. Mm-hmm. And it's just, he's a thing. And yeah. I just, it's impossible to imagine him losing at this point. And, and the only hope, as Lonnie said, if Bloomberg turned all his money toward it, and then tomorrow night on the debate stage, if the candidates 
finally attacked Bernie, like we were talking about last week. Why are you beating up on Bloomberg? Mm-hmm. The guy you need to beat is that socialist white-haired dude in the middle. Middle. He's right. the one that's cleaning your clocks. All right. If they spend all night long beating him up on socialism, maybe, but boy, I doubt it. I read the first chunk of a piece from the Daily Beast, and they are liberals. <laughs> um, and, and their argument was, in essence... You can't beat Bernie because he is what the Democratic Party is. He's just more of it. And it's a difficult... And we got a great email from a listener um, relating what a good friend had posted online. It's a good illustration of the difficulty of, of knocking Bernie out. And it's essentially the same argument. He is promising more of what all the Democrats are promising, which is taking money and stuff from rich people and giving it to you. And it's difficult for, I mean, it's impossible really for a Liz Warren unless she makes the my plan is slightly better argument. Um, but it's difficult for a mainstream Democrat who's preaching, you know, d- d- free or near free college uh, to argue with Bernie's free college and forgiving student loans. It's just, it's a question of, of increments. And I think it's an incredibly important question. How much is too much? And we can get into that philosophical discussion in a little bit. But oh, we're going to have until uh, November to discuss it, I'll tell you, because Bernie's going to be the nominee, and that, that'll be the whole conversation. Bernie is skilled. He's out of his mind. He's been way, way too affectionate uh, for totalitarian regimes, because they're on his side of the fence, and that is the bat they're going to whack him with. But he is skilled at defending himself uh, from his left, uh, from his, well, I guess everybody's on his right flank in, in the U.S., more or less, but he's very dis- uh, skilled at defending himself from Democrat attacks um, and, and diffusing them. He's going to be hard to stop just because he's them, but just a little more. So Saturday night on MSNBC, James Carville, who was involved in the Clinton campaign, said uh, it's political suicide to nominate Bernie Sanders. And um, Nicole Wallace, who worked in the Bush administration, but is one of those Republicans that makes money off of beating up Republicans on MSNBC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she said maybe this is hitting bottom for the Democrats. It's like a drug addict, and maybe they'll hit bottom with Bernie, Bernie winning Nevada, and they'll wake up. Hmm. Uh, which I thought was interesting. And then Chris Matthews' an analogy on MSNBC was, he said, it reminds me of Winston Churchill being on the phone with de Gaulle, the leader of France, during World War II. Is that correct? Is that who the leader of France was in World War II? Uh, Whoever yeah, it was, the yeah. leader of France. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and gets on the phone right after the Nazis invaded France. And Winston Churchill's on the phone, and de Gaulle says to Churchill, it's over. And Churchill says, how can it be over? You got one of the best armies in Europe, and they just got there. It's over. That was Chris Matthews on Bernie Sanders. Wow. (laughs) Nazi Germany. How could it be over already? It's just four states. It's over. Which is the way I think it looks, too. Ian Bremmer was on uh, Meet the Press. I had to be informed of this by someone else because there's no way I'm watching that S show. Uh, But uh, Ian said, I don't see any way they stop Bernie. I don't either. I don't either. I can't even imagine how it would happen. Yeah. Um, uh, It would take something crazy like a heart attack or something. Yeah. He's he's probably going to win South Carolina. Uh, Biden's still in first place, but by just a couple of points, he's going down. Bernie's going up, and uh, and a bunch of black voters voted for Bernie in Nevada. I mean, he proved oh, okay, oh yeah, he's okay. So yeah, he's just going to roll, and that's going to be really interesting to watch. Bernie Sanders was on sixty Minutes last night. Good idea for sixty Minutes, completely anticipating the coming conversation for the nation. I think. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we'll play a number of clips uh, of that, and they drilled down on some of the things uh, you need to know about Bernie. New CBS YouGov poll in South Carolina. Biden's on top at 28. Bernie's there at 23. Tom Steyer? Is it 18%? Yeah, that's where he's put a ton of his money. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, So <laughs> Biden, just with barely a five-point lead, and they're trending in opposite directions. And we got this note from a very knowledgeable uh, gent, David, who has broken down you know, the various districts in South Carolina. And, and Biden's just ahead in two districts that are particularly Biden-friendly, and the rest of the state looks uh, more Bernie-friendly. That might not even be true as of today. Right. And Bernie leads in most of your Super Tuesday states, which is a week from tomorrow. That's just stunning. He's going to roll this thing. And uh, as several pundits have said, and, and, and I said last week because I think it's true, if he doesn't get the number you need to get by the convention time, go ahead and try to take that away from him and see how well you do. Mm-hmm. When all the enthusiasm... By the way, poll came out over the weekend. The Atlantic had this. This might be the most interesting thing that I heard. Bernie now has a 72% approval rating among Democrats. So while those old establishments are a, a type... People on MSNBC were going nuts. Well, clearly this can't happen. He's going to ruin the party, blah, blah, blah. That ain't what your party thinks. Mm-hmm. Three-quarters of Democrats in this country like Bernie. He's got wow. the highest approval rating. He's got the second lowest negatives. So he's loved, what? He's loved by the voters. Wow. Yeah, the, good. the people, it's, it's so much like Trump. It is so amazingly like Trump. Yeah. The people at the top of the Republican Party, we're not going to allow this to happen. The actual voters out there, oh, hells, yes, we are. Yeah. We're going to make it happen. It's wow. so much like Trump. And a similar idea with the candidates kind of laying back. This guy's way too far out there. He'll collapse on his own. I'm not going to worry about attacking him. I want his voters to like me. Right. You just wait around and wait around until they win. It's probably too late, so you can change your strategy now. But Yeah, there are real differences between the two, but the, the, in, in terms of the important stuff, yeah. That's a good enough comparison, especially as we were talking about earlier. We're in the age of the 31% guy winning the nomination. Sure. Because there's so many people hanging around. You don't have to get out. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a, a number of calls. Uh, that's one thing James Carville says. Some of these people got to do what's right for the party and get out of this thing. Um, <laughs> I love your James Carville. <laughs> You know, and I look like him, so I could do a, some sort of somewhat college campus James Carville act tour. He's, he's thinner than you. Like no, a, no offense. Like a guy that used to dress up like Mark Twain and go exactly. around. I'll do James Carville. Yeah. I don't see a lot of tickets moving for that, but, you know, it's a labor of love for you, I know. Ross Limbaugh, old and fat. Um, How he got any fans? He's mean and fat. Um, but James Carville said some of these people got to get out, but who who would get out? Why would Liz Warren get out? Why would Pete get out? Amy Klobuchar probably should get out, but you know that's three percent of votes, so they ain't going to stop anything. Well, the part that—I'm sorry—did you have more to that? Uh, the part that makes me afraid is just the dynamics of of electoral politics. People almost never want to turn down somebody giving them something, and once an entitlement is established, it's almost impossible for it to go away. And so I sit here from my perspective thinking I like the idea that Bernie is George McGovern back in 1972. He's just way, way too far left. He can never win the election. And it'll be such a slap in the face to Democrats, they'll realize, alright, we let our, our, our Twitter active lunatic fringe manage the party, and it steered us right into the ditch. Alright, time for the grown-ups to take over. And we return to some sort of moderate Democratic Party. Um, I'm just afraid that 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 mathematics doesn't work anymore. The universe has changed. 
thanks to the internet and internet contributions and the rest of it. And and indeed, if even if Bernie loses, his peeps will be energized and drag the party even further to the AOC left. So I, I'm a little concerned for the country right now. I just I think the siren song of more government control and more redistribution is uh, I mean it's number one on the hit parade and people are loving it they're singing along with it. Did you see any of his rally from uh, Texas? He went down to Texas on Saturday because he was so far ahead in Nevada there was no point in sticking around. Mm-hmm. And he went down to kind Texas. Kind of the anti Biden. Yeah, the exact opposite of Biden. Yeah. The week before he'd left New Hampshire because he was so far behind. Right. Right. Um, uh, Bernie was down in Texas, had this giant rally with a thunderous uh, uh, stadium full of people. I mean, he is flipping rolling. He had a heart. He's, he's 80 years old. He's a socialist. He has, he's, he's been on the Democratic ticket in Vermont, uh, what did I hear yesterday, 17 times in his life. He's never been registered as a Democrat in his home state. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something. Yeah, and he's going to win the party's nomination. Yeah, well, but both, is he an independent or something? Or? Yeah, he usually called himself an independent. Okay. But he caucuses with the Democrats. Mm-hmm. By the way, Sean, your new uh, assignment for the rest of the, well, and through November certainly, is you will be following Bernie around wearing a Fidel Castro outfit. <laughs> you will appear at all his rallies. Is that what that beard glue shipment was about? Yes. You will, uh, exactly. You will be carrying a placard that reads, I heart Castro or I heart communism. Well, flip sides. You'll be wearing the big beard. The uh, the fatigues, the uh, looking like, uh, you know, El Comandante. Yeah, if I was a retired fella, I might do that. And it, it would catch on and like it would be on all the cable news channels. And of the, course, Fidel Castro's here as usual. And I'd wave to the camera. The problem, <laughs> the problem being that the political left these days would uh, literally put you in the hospital. And, uh, they would beat right. you down. Antifa would uh, would yeah, might kill me because it, violence is OK if it's from the left. Just remember that. Anyway, got uh, there, there's another significant thing that happened over the weekend we'll talk about later that's really not about the uh, X's and O's of the political game, but I find highly troubling. Um, but we certainly got plenty of non-politics stuff. Stock market's plunging on coronavirus fears, Jack. Yeah. Italy. Italy's got a corona, corona explosion. Oh, why did you bring that over here? Uh... What's the matter? You cover your mouth when you cough. <laughs> That's our Italian, Italian authority. There. It's not as good as your Carvel, but it's... Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Dow ticker on one of the cable news channels, which, by the way, is uh, awful that we do that. I mean, there's there's no point in that. Yeah, whatever. Sell! Sell! There is nobody who needs that information who's getting it from the cable news channel. <laughs> if you correct. need that information, you've got all kinds of different ways to get better information. You're sitting at a desk with multiple screens showing you that information. Right, from around the world. Right. Nonetheless, um, the rest of us don't need moment-by-moment moment information on the, uh, the Dow because we're not going to react to it. You shouldn't react to it. You're a crazy person if you are. Anyway, they, they've got a little headline above the ticker because it's down 764 currently. It says, Coronavirus Sell-Off. Right. And then, Right, it's a huge sell-off, Jack, huge. The Dow down almost a third of a percent momentarily. (laughs) People hurling themselves from windows on Wall Street. Well, they're hurling themselves into windows. The windows don't open anymore. 
Um, is anybody here wearing Levi's new energy jeans? Oh, you don't know what that is? I'll tell you about that coming up. The stretchy pant might be the positive development of the mm. 21st century. Got to admit, I'm wearing stretchy jeans right now. Well, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, well, why wouldn't you? Speaking as a guy who ate cookies over the weekend and gained weight and, and just I'm, I'm letting myself go. If I, maybe, maybe the rigid jeans of old were the right, gift. Exactly. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Exactly. The, the you know what the, the it reminded oh me gosh. all the time when my jeans if I couldn't button my jeans oh boy dude you got to do something now my stretchy jeans right <laughs> the stretchy pant is the everybody gets a trophy of clothing yeah, I prefer the term e waste oh oh I, every time I hear e waste I think you're throwing away your old stereo. Um, e- elastic waist. Well, everything. No, they don't want to say now. elastic because that makes it sound like you're wearing sweatpants because you're can't keep your gut in. E waist sounds like it's something kind of modern and high tech. Yes, is that what the E stands for though? Yeah, elastic. In is. reality, in reality, okay. it's elastic. Okay. Yeah, it could be <laughs> that the rigid pant was the symbol of the discipline that made America great. Beat back the Nazis. Beat back whoever World War One was about, <laughs> and the rest of it. Right? If you can't button your jeans, you think, "Oh, holy cow!" Now we have an everybody gets a trophy pant, and I'm wearing wow. them right now. Wow! It doesn't matter how much weight you gained; your pants are still comfortable. Wow, that's shocking. I'll tell you quickly then, since we're on the topic. It's affected me deeply. Levi's new energy jeans. It just they got I got the email yesterday and it said energy out energy in these jeans were made with innovative salient technology. Oh, these jeans refuel your body by absorbing and recycling infrared energy that's converted from your body heat. Do they? I find that hard to believe. Then how do they put it back in you? So the heat through I'm, heat. So you walk around sweaty all the time. So the heat I'm producing from my my hot hot bod is um being recycled back into me through my jeans. I'm not sure the math works on that. Or Via the, what, the though? Physiology? In what form? What form is the energy returned? Well, me? if putting something warm on me gave me more energy... Well, yeah, it depends what day it is. Hmm. Is it January in Chicago? Yes. Is anyway. it August in, in Savannah, Georgia? No. I'm not sure I'm buying this, but... Yeah, it sounds like uh, horse hockey to me. Of course, you know, the great Levi's company. Again, a pillar of American industry and covering one's... Levi's new snake oil jeans. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could probably power reading light with the uh, electricity generated by my thighs rubbing together on my uh, my <laughs> Levi's. As I, you'll have to forgive me, folks. I need to power a small American town for a year. I need to give myself a good, solid beating for what I saw on the scale this morning. No offense to you if you're struggling with your weight. I'm not making fun of you. I just... Who's not struggling with their weight? I know me, okay? I know my psychology. And some horses run better when they're whipped, okay? <laughs> I'm one of them. I need a good kick in to motivate me. <laughs> You're a, you need the stick more than the carrots. Yes. I do. The I carrots eat, the last thing eat, I need. Eating carrots well, would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I think carrots might help a little bit. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the stick or the cupcake <laughs> in my choice. A nice... Bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. All right. All right. Moving along. Uh, Do we have time for this? Probably not, but I will tell you this and we will discuss it. The idea of bail reform sounds good. 
You don't make people, you know, actually, all they have to do is get a bail bond, which is a tenth of the amount of the bond. I keep hearing um, horror stories about bail. this. I haven't heard any good stories. Now, maybe that's the media's focus. I don't know. Well, the the movement, and this is a perfect example of what we always talk about. Societies veer between the guardrails. They get it way too far on one side. They realize it, and they head back toward the middle. They hit the sweet spot, but they don't realize it, so they keep going till they hit the other guardrail. And listen... Maybe we got a little enthusiastic about locking people up for every violation of the law. It really, really lowered crime. But now we have this utopian, sunshiny view that if we're just nice to people, we'll have no crime whatsoever. Um, So anyway, the bail reform movement is that nobody has to post cash bond. The judge says, yeah, you're an all right guy. You can go, uh, you can show up for court, all right? Let's see. The judge says, you, you're dangerous, obviously, and a lunatic. You, uh, you, I'm not going to let go. So instead of the bail bond system, it's it's the judge's judgment. Well, the some of the research is starting to come in, and there's absolutely been a rise in crime by people offending because they're out, who normally wow. would have been back in. And and That's there troubling. there are judges and activists who are faking the data. We'll have a study uh, out of uh, the great city of Chicago. Um. Uh, coming up in a couple of minutes on that, but yeah. Well, the most interesting thing that happened around Bernie and Trump over the weekend, also. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. 